This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Today we will be starting with a recap of our wild and wacky road trip through some line dance venues in Southern California last week. So, there was some life stuff that happened that inspired me to get out of town and go line dancing in SoCal and catch up with some friends and just reconnect and get revitalized and get ready to, you know, attempt the work week when we got back, um, but really just celebrate the couple days of freedom that we had. So, uh, we decided very last minute... Uh, I think it was Tuesday night, that we wanted to head down to L.A. Mm -hmm. So we contacted just a few people to kind of, you know, keep the surprise, uh, but to also arrange that, you know, people knew we were going to make an eight-hour car drive down Mm -hmm. and uh, find out when a couple things were happening. And Wednesday morning came around And we started packing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that really did happen just within probably an hour. And I think, you know, one of the interesting things about everything we've learned about going to events so far is that it's a lot easier to, in a much shorter time, sort of remember what we needed previously. So I think some of the basics were, you know, socks, undies, um, enough pants to sweat through, enough shirts to sweat through. Tank tops in my case. Yes, you made good use of tank tops. Like <laughs> As much as we love our dance shirts, like we had our Fred shirts at Oil Can Harry's, so that's for Fred Whitehouse, and um, I think I we, the, the first day was wearing my Dancing with Brenda shirt, because I had my gray pants, and that's a gray shirt. Boy, when you get into Oil Can Harry's and you know, you're moving for several songs in a row, a regular cotton t-shirt is not going to cut it. Like, that's when you start whipping out the sweat-proof moisture-wicking materials. Um, I know that I, for, like, a a rare evening, wore a tank top, a moisture-wicking male tank top for most of the night there, and I'm really glad I had that with me. Um, I was not used to seeing it afterwards when we we looked back at some of the videos. I was not used to seeing what I even looked like in uh, a tank top while dancing because... Usually, I mean, if you go to a club, they won't even let you wear something like that. Uh, but while we were packing, I thought, you know, ah, it's red, it matches my shirt. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe it would be appropriate. And it looks like we're having a, a questionable experience with our push to talk button here. Okay, let's see if that helps. Okay, I think that that might have fixed it. Um, still. Still learning all the ins and outs of the Shoutcast uh, plugin on Winamp, so hopefully by just keeping my finger on this push-to-talk button, we'll be able to hear us both loud and clear for the entirety of this broadcast. That would be nice. Yeah. For once. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, we packed that morning. Um, I find also after trips, it's helpful to do an inventory of what you didn't use on your trip so that you know not to pack it next time. There was very little extra stuff this time because we've done Palm Springs and Big Bang and Portland and a couple LA trips before, right? And you you know if you didn't bring it before um, and you didn't miss it, then you're not going to need it this time. Uh, I 
thought, oh, well, yeah, if we get a full car of space, then I can just bring all of my sweatproof shirts. And that's that's fine, because there will be all this room. But I, um, I, I must remember that for the next time we travel by car, just because the space is there doesn't mean you have to use it. If you use it all up, then when you're driving, you're digging underneath and through stuff. And it's nice just to be able to set something off to the side without setting it on top of something and then having to get it out from under all that later. Yeah. So um, it was about 1230 here when we finally decided it was time to hit the road Mm -hmm. and make our journey down there. I think it was like an estimated seven, seven and a half hours. Um, Our first goal was to hit Luann's class in, um, it was in Orange County. Uh, who oh. is this Luann you speak of? Luann's one of my favorite people right now because she gave me name tag. Yay! <laughs> Same here. <laughs> no, uh, Luann Schummel, um she is definitely of extremely knowledgeable person when it comes to uh, line dancing, when it comes to circuit events, when it comes to her own class, instruction, teaching, um, and she makes it very easy to be around her. Um, she actually is also who we uh, who we uh, went to in regards to getting assistance with um, Terminology when we came to writing our step sheet for Can't Walk Away. Mm-hmm. So, um, thank you, Luann, a million times over. Mm-hmm. Um, but our first goal was to finally officially make it to one of her classes Wednesday night. And we were, we were estimated to be there about a half an hour late. So we just kind of kept her in the loop saying, you know, we're going to be about a half an hour um, teach what you need to teach. Don't wait on us or whatever. Um, I don't recall which dance she was going to teach that night. Straight to the castle. Oh, straight to the castle. Um, which I was actually very excited to learn. And we were really looking forward to it. We stopped once or twice along the way to regas and, you know, refuel with Starbucks or something like that. I believe that was in Button Willow. Mm-hmm. A little small town that um, is a favorite of ours on the way down mm-hmm. and the way back up. Mm-hmm. And then we hit uh, the infamous grapevine. Mm-hmm. And everything seemed to be going good in- from there. The grapevine is a stretch of road uh, that gets you into the Los Angeles area. It's very steep and it's very windy. And yes. they, they tell you, like, turn off your air conditioning uh, because your your car may overheat, so uh, like don't overtax your system during this stretch. There are signs and everything. Yes, um, and there's a few spots in which you can pull over and let your brakes cool down on the way back down. Um, so we made it up and over that pretty well. We're about an hour or so away from Luann's class. When my car starts acting a little funny. Not funny, haha. Funny, like, doo, 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 doo. that noise doesn't sound friendly. Yeah, no, it, it, I didn't like it. It wasn't the first, or it was the first time I'd ever experienced it. And being on the high speeds in LA freeway, I was like, you know, 
I'm really not comfortable with what's going on. So I merged from the farthest lane over to the exit that I saw coming up. As soon as I hit the off-ramp for the exit, my tire blew. Yep. Like, really, not not like flat tire. Mm, I think we're sinking a little on this side, but like, boom, flop, 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 flop. Yeah, shredded. Yeah, blue. there's like mesh inside. I've never <laughs> seen the inside of a tire at all, and now we've seen like every side of the tire. <laughs> well, it wasn't the first time I've had to change a tire. First time on the freeway, but not the first time I've ever had to change a tire. So I got out, immediately popped my trunk, grabbed the jack, um, put it under the car, started lifting it. Um, you were nice enough to actually start calling AAA. Um, just for the assistance, and that was when I was like, you know, it's a tire. I've done it before. It's cool. We're good. Just go. Don't worry about it. Um, and then you'd gotten out of the car. A couple of people had stopped to try and help us, um, and we pretty much put the donut on. Mm-hmm. And the donut being the spare tire that lives in the trunk underneath the floor. That I forgot that I hadn't had a chance to buy a real tire. For my spare tire yet. Or reinflate the spare tire. <laughs> so, we uh, get the donut on. None of us had a pump. Had to finish taking the exit. Fortunately, right off the exit, there was a gas station with an air pump. Um, so, we immediately jumped on that. Um, and then we started trying to figure out where we could go to find a tire. Because a little teeny tiny donut was not going to survive us the weekend, nor would it get us back home safely. Mm. So we started looking around. I think our first stop was Costco, Mm. and surprise, they don't have my tire size. Yeah, And uh, like three out of four of the tires that were on the car weren't even technically like the The best kind. Yeah, it wasn't the right size, apparently. Mm -hmm. Um. So be careful when buying used cars, mm-hmm. even from family members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they were very nice in um, giving us the information about yes. what tire we would need, though, uh, which they didn't necessarily have to do. They said even if they had uh, the tire to replace the one that we blew, um, they wouldn't even have been allowed to put it on there because they would have to have all four of them match. And they didn't have four matching tires of the the kind that we needed so they did write down exactly which one we would have needed four of or which one we would have just matched the front tire if we found one to uh to pop on there someplace else uh we were getting a little bit closer toward evening at this point and usually tire places would be closed, you know, five, six, um, if if this late, then maybe seven p.m. Uh, this was not a normal area, for whatever reason. This part of Southern California, off Pasadena, um, San Fernando, I think Fernando area. Uh, this strip had a ton of tire places, like auto repair, all that good stuff, and. Most of them were, in fact, closed. But one of them, I guess maybe just to stay competitive, was open until 9 p.m. That's good service. 
Yeah, so um, we navigated our way that way. And from there, uh, we pulled in. The gentleman said he actually, in fact, had two because we were told that the other one was going to go. Um, and I asked if there was any way we could just grab both of them and get it done. By going to go, um, we mean that it was bald and it probably also would have exploded. Yeah. Um, so I figured since I was there and he had two, I might as well as grab both of them. Um, they gave me a pretty good price. It was like 70 bucks for the two of them. Including and, labor. And for them to change it real quick, which was nice because I really didn't want to change them myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and this wasn't just like a normal flat tire where you know you, you patch it up and refill it or something like that. Like they had to take the exploded tire off of the wheel part in the middle. Uh, it, it was all very um, in-depth. Yeah, um, in which at that point we um, we messaged Luann, let her know that the tire blew, but that you know we're getting it fixed and we're still headed to her. Um, I think at that point, I think earlier in the day, I'd done my um, my theme for the month on social media, which this month is uh, thirty-one days of yes, I may, which is giving myself permission to do things that I normally wouldn't give myself permission for. Um, and earlier in the day I said, um, I'm going to see where the road takes me knowing that it was going to take me to LA, but just kind of having the fun with it. Um, later on I had posted while we were at the tire shop, something along the lines of, well, I wanted an adventure, not realizing that my location was still on on Facebook and it tagged me in LA Oops. when uh, one of my friends jumped on and was like LA with a question mark and I was like uh oh mm. we were trying to surprise people mm. oh, and this was Camille Sheardown who uh, has choreographed such dances as Nobody's Second Best Dibs uh, I think she's got a couple new ones out as well she teaches at uh, Beck's in Lancaster yes um on the way down, about halfway through the trip, we had messaged John Lieberman to make sure that he was at Luann's class and to make sure a couple of our other friends were at Luann's so that we could run into them very conveniently. Mm-hmm. Oh, and two other things. One, I think I misspoke. The dance would be, I'm calling dibs if anyone wants to look that up. And would you like to give any backstory as to who we were surprising and why he deserved a good shock? Um... Well, mostly it was going to be for Alex Young. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple things with that. Uh, one, he is a very good friend of ours, yes. and we very much look forward to seeing him any chance we get when we go to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, two, he was just on the official stagecoach team the mm-hmm. weekend prior in which originally he was really, really hoping for us to compete and audition and potentially join said official stagecoach team of 2017, in which we didn't, because mm-hmm. we went to Dancing for the Dream with Joe and Scooter Joe and Thompson. Michael Barr and Michelle Burton and... Yeah, so I felt really, really guilty that we weren't stagecoach because he was really, really looking forward to it. 
So we took the opportunity the following weekend to surprise him. Mm. But there was one extra little thing. Mm. He tried to surprise us during the competition by coming up to Sacramento. And when I asked him if he would be there during the competition, his response was it would be an awfully long and uncomfortable motorcycle ride. Mm -hmm. Knowing how we would interpret that, of course. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which was, no, I'm not going, Mm -hmm. is how I interpreted it. Mm -hmm. My bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So... We decided that we were going to go to the, we were still going to go to our, the competition to support some friends, but since we had three other places at the time that we had n- promised to make an appearance to, we had you know gone to those before making it out to Stoney's. Well, halfway between our trip from our last event in Fremont with Boots and Buckles. Which is in the lower San Francisco Bay Area, for anybody who wants to find that on a map, about two hours away from de- our destination in Stoney's in Sacramento. I, yeah, about halfway through, I was scrolling through Facebook for some reason or another, and I saw pictures. And I could have sworn that these fuzzy, dark pictures were of Alex. Mm-hmm. And... I let it go for a little bit, but it was nagging at me. So I checked again a little bit later, and there was another one, and you could barely see who it was. I knew he was standing next to Anne Marine, and the way he was standing, I just knew. I just knew that it was Alex. Um, so I called him, and very high-pitched, very aggressively joking, (laughs) um, asked if he was at Stoney's, in which case um, we did discover he was, in fact, at Stoney's. And we were very mad because had he told us, we would have uh, rescheduled some of the other appearances we were going to make so that we had an opportunity to dance longer with him because, you know, him being up here is such a rare thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And being able to see him is just rare, and the opportunity would have been worth it. Mm-hmm. And also, like uh, as is probably common at other dance venues, the earlier in the night we had been there, the more likely the place would have been kind of cleared out, and we'd have more opportunities to do more um, obscure or like unexpected for a bar type dances. And if the if you wait till later in the evening when like the larger crowds are there, then they're going to do more of the standards that you know everybody at the bar knows. So some some of the things that we know, like say shady or trespassing, they're not g- going to play that while like two hundred people at the bar have to sit out because they don't know it. We would have been able to if we had been there earlier, if we had known that he had also arrived, and you know we would have been one of like. A couple of five out of the entire bar who were there. Yes. Um, so payback. That was the ultimate goal of surprising him. Mm-hmm. It would have worked too. Had Kevin... Kevin Ackelman. Not, um, out of the kindness of his heart, gotten worried that we were going to be going to the wrong venue... Mm. And 
may have met, let it slip. But it doesn't matter because yes. it was still a fun surprise. It was still an enjoyable evening when we finally got to see him. And but Ke- yeah. Kevin Ackelman is a, a, another dear friend of ours. Uh, I've danced with him since probably 2012 when we were both in the musical Oklahoma together. Uh, he was, I think, uh, the federal marshal and I was Ali Hakim, the Persian peddler. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, he moved to SoCal. I hadn't seen him in ages. Told him that I'd be coming down, but that it was a big secret. And uh, yeah, he he, he meant well. Yes. Um, so, anyways, we were headed to Luann's finally after mm-hmm. the car got fixed or the tires got fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, got there, unfortunately, with like not even an hour left of the class. Um, but it was so good to see everybody. And it was kind of cool because I didn't realize that certain people went to her class that we had seen at events. Um, so to see them at her class, I was like, oh, oh, wow. Okay, that explains why you know every dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we got to catch up with some people that we haven't seen since Palm Springs and a couple people that we haven't seen since Big Bang and... Mm. So that was definitely fun. I was uh, really enjoying that. Oh, two things uh, I'd like to mention. One, her socials are like mini events in themselves because she is really good at predicting what dances are going to be at uh, upcoming events. And she brings in new dances from recent events like almost immediately. Second and unrelated, uh, when we left uh, from the exploding tire business to head toward Luann's, I treated myself to a churro. Uh, A churro is like fried dough covered in cinnamon and sugar. And up here in Northern California, I had been trying it a few different places and they were all kind of dry and didn't really have that soft, squishy core. So um, I figured I'd give SoCal's churros a try. They were actually pretty good. They were soft. It's really just our area uh, that, that is on the disappointing side. So even with the exploding tire and, you know, being late to Luann's, I did at least have a nice less than a dollar churro. A little high point in the day. Yeah. Um, so we got to Luann's, caught up with Jono, and we were talking with him. And because at that point we also really hadn't eaten much, and what we had to was eat... Was churro? <laughs> was um, junk food. Yeah. Very unhealthy snacks. Pretty sure fried dough is a food group. It just hadn't been recognized by the FDA. Uh, so we decided that from there it was going to be food was our next destination. Mm-hmm. Food. Must have food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jono was sweet enough to um, host us for the evening mm-hmm. and uh, give us a place to stay so that we didn't have to pay for a hotel. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it was nice catching up with him. Um, I'm trying to think, when was the last time we actually saw him? Hmm. I mean, I know I saw him when I stopped in from Palm Springs. Because I stopped and talked to him. All right, that he, even though it was near his uh, living area, he didn't make it to that event. So it wouldn't have been, for me, it wouldn't have been there. And I didn't go on your solo road trip for New Year's either. So maybe it would have been Vegas? Vegas for you. Gosh, that seems like a long time without Jono. Crazy. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah, he was very generous with um, with the the space that he provided for us to sleep. And it's funny, like when you when you are headed toward some kind of dance thing, and your your thoughts are so focused on it that you're not really worried about if you like need to take a nap in the car, like so be it. Um, you you do miss things, even though um, you know it's nice just having a place to close your eyes. Um, the little things like being horizontal. <laughs> That's so nice when you want to sleep. Because if, if you are sitting in your uh, driver or passenger seat and all you're able to do is recline for a while, then your feet are below your head. It all feels weird. And then when you get you stand up on your feet, everything's kind of like wonky. But just having a place to lay down, that was really nice. So big thanks to Jono for that. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, we just hung out and talked and caught up. We mm-hmm. He told us like, some of the stories about him at Stagecoach and what, like, the experience was like for him. Oh, and we got into all kinds of, not trouble, trouble, but, like, shenanigans at uh, our local grocery store, Safeway, where we found out that we had similar tastes in salads and eating SpaghettiOs out of the can, like, all all kinds of uh, things that you normally wouldn't learn about a person at an event, but when you're on their home turf, then, you know, you get to deepen that knowledge. Yes, so uh, that was fun. And of course, you know, anytime I'm around Jono, it's goofy play and have a good time and, you know, like just that fun camaraderie and an enjoyable, nothing's like really expected of each other just to be ourselves and have fun with it. Yeah, how many dances did it take at Luann's before you guys started interacting with each other on the dance floor? One, <laughs> and that's only because I he well I guess technically from if you consider when we arrived to when we started dancing playing together mm-hmm. there was they finished the straight to the castle mm-hmm. then they did one I didn't know which Jono knew then they did one I did know but Jono didn't and then they did one we knew together mm-hmm. and that was. Yeah, that was pretty much instantaneously, like, as soon as we were on the floor together, it just immediately started playing and having fun with it, mm-hmm. um, goofing off, because mm-hmm. that's what we do. We're adults. Yeah. We make life choices. Um, <laughs> so that night, we hung out with Jono. The next morning, we still hung out with him a little bit more. Um, however... We knew that we needed to figure out what we were going to do to be on the show that Thursday, as well as make it up to Lancaster, which was what, like a two and a half hour drive? Yeah, and we also had to figure out how we were going to ride with or around LA traffic, because we were in the like Anaheim... um, area i suppose you could say we were we were right near disneyland yeah there you go and the place we were going was back up and over the mountains outside of la um you might imagine as you get closer to three o'clock four o'clock five o'clock those streets become parking lots with all of the folks trying to get to wherever is very important for them to get to um i'm very glad that you have data tethering on your phone. Because we tried just sitting in a Starbucks and seeing how the levels sounded from there. 
That was, was the loudest awful. Starbucks I have ever been in. Right? They were blending things and people the acoustics were like bouncing the music and people chatter over each other and there that just would not have been an ideal recording studio for um either the live show or even recording it afterwards nobody would want to hear that after after it was done and probably not while it was being recorded either and a key fact there uh we kind of forgot the cable to the good mic back at home. That's this mic. This mic that we're talking into right now, where you can actually hear both of our voices. Yeah, we didn't have that cable. <laughs> so, oops. Yeah. So, again, with the technical difficulties and the learning on the job, mm-hmm. um, we had just plugged in one of the condenser mics that you use from... Uh, your podcast mm-hmm. uh, when you just record interviews mm-hmm. on the spot, um, which we thought had worked prior. I mean, we knew there was a couple issues that, you know, like we needed to get closer to the mic and make sure that, you know, it was picking us up and we had to pass it back and forth because sometimes you could hear him, but sometimes you could only hear me and it was just a mess. Um, and then we got notes online from Cat Painter saying that she couldn't hear me. Yeah. So I tried pretty much yelling into the mic, which is an issue for me because I'm always told that like I need to back away from the mic because I'm too loud or something to that extent. So I'm still learning on how to readjust. Um and the last thing I wanted to do was yell in the car in the closed space and blow out your eardrums. Mm. But it seems like the louder I got on the mic the less you could actually hear me. Mm-hmm. So then we had to figure out how to compensate for that. Well, and and still keep you involved in the discussion because otherwise it would have just been me talking for two hours and I'm sure nobody wants to hear that. Whilst navigating LA traffic. Yep, yep. Like listening and focusing on, on the concepts that are happening in these articles and also trying not to get sideswiped or cut off or... Or died. Yeah. Died dead. With, uh, with the uh, emergency vehicles in the background, you could hear speeding through the streets, um, finding exits, uh, negotiating with the GPS to bring us to the right uh, lanes because sometimes it would think that we were on the freeway. Sometimes it would think we were parallel to the freeway. Sometimes it would have us do U-turn. And like that's a lot to deal with especially with other drivers around you being impatient and angry. Yeah. I felt very out-of-towner on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, fortunately, Kat was nice enough to keep telling us if you could hear me or not. So then we just got to the point where what I had to say had to be short and sweet <laughs> so that you can then recap it. Yep. Um, you poor, poor thing with all the talking you had to do. Uh we finally got on whichever freeway it was that we were going to be on for like 21 miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, we have a little bit of time. Let's figure out, let's play with the sound. So we played with the one mic and then we played with a different one. And then we decided that you were going to do the mic that's off of your laptop. And lo and behold, you could finally somewhat hear me. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's your laptop. We're in the car. You're in the passenger seat, so I had to project over you so the little bit you could hear me 
you know, it did pick up. I mean, I thought it would be fine just to hold up the laptop in front of your face. Oh yeah, while driving, totally can, safe. Yeah, just look through the screen and through the windshield, and then yeah, yeah, be all set. You could really cure that crisp and clean. I'm sure if we had tried but it. I told you. Nobody you know, listens to Christopher. I, I don't want everybody knowing about my X-ray vision. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so we finally got things going with the radio show and it, it it's interesting it seems like every week there's something new that we get to figure out on what type of technical bug so hopefully in the next like month or so we'll actually have this down to an art form mm-hmm. um so we're headed up to lancaster um i'm very excited to see emily harris and camille Sheridan. um i hadn't seen either of them let's see Camille I hadn't seen since New Year's Eve. And then Emily, it was I think Palm Springs was the last time I saw her. Mm. So I was really, really excited to catch up with these lovely ladies who have certainly expanded my line dance world um, and have made such an impact that uh, it's one of those friendship things that, you know, you hear about that line dance has definitely brought into my life and so we were really excited to see them got there a little bit early to bex Mm -hmm. which gave Um, me a a little bit of shut eye time in the parking lot which was nice but emily was already inside so i knew where my my destination was so i was i made sure that you were okay with me we're going in ahead of you Mm -hmm. in which you were um and i went in there and yeah it, it was exactly the kind of reunion that I would expect for me and Emily um, and certainly one that needs to happen more often mm-hmm. and so it was just fun it was like just being able to talk to her getting caught up getting to hear a little a little bit about her stagecoach adventures because she too was on the official stagecoach team this year um, and that was literally the, the weekend prior uh, we got to catch up on a few other personal things that have been going on in both of our lives and just hang out and, uh, you know, just spend some time together while she got ready to DJ the night at Vex. Um, a little bit later, Camille came in, so I was able to catch up with her for a few minutes. And then that's when the night kind of started and that's when you had walked in and a night of dancing ensued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and anyone uh, who would like to know their format... They do roughly two, I would say two steps. Uh, yeah, I think like in some places they'll do two steps slash swing, but they actually do just say two step uh, for a couple of dances. And then after that, some kind of other partner dance, which might be um, like a, a line partner dance, like cowboy cha-cha or drifter or desperado rap. Uh, or just something like a swing or uh, like a West Coast swing. They'll they'll uh, have that as their dance. And then after you've sat through the partner dancing, then you can have up to about four line dances. And for me, somebody who is like pure line dance, I can do a few basic turns on partner dancing, but besides that, I'm not very interesting. Um, I, was, I was sitting a bit, and that just gave me more encouragement to really... Um, feel the dances that I would choose to do. And there were some that I might not necessarily normally do, like say Chill Factor. Um, I've, I've done enough times at home that you know sometimes I'll sit for that if it means I get to do like Gimme Gimme, 
by Rebecca Lee afterwards. Um, I'll have to like pace myself. But since I was using all the partner dances to pace myself, um, that gave me a lot more opportunities to do things like dizzy or whatnot, um, like full out. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I believe the lessons that Camille taught that night were lessons that she br- had brought from Stagecoach, which was American Country Love Song mm-hmm. and... Uh, American Summer. American Summer. Uh, those are two that I hadn't seen before, so that was nice to at least be able to see those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we actually mentioned, but Stagecoach is a country music festival in uh, Indio, California, which is like the desert-ish area past Palm Springs of California, and a whole bunch of the Southern California folks, people who dance in the bars, they were in attendance either as part of the dance team or as instructors, and there was a lot of sharing of um, of dances from different areas at that event so that people could be exposed to new dances maybe to bring back home to their uh, bars where they teach. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had fun that night, got caught, you know, got able to meet a few new people, got to catch up with others, got to dance. Um, I really like the setup that they have at Bex for my experience so far in LA and and they're they're dancing. Um, I like that they do a good job of making sure everybody gets something. I know that Emily does a really really good job about getting to like as many requests on the request list as she possibly can figure out while maintaining a decent flow and floor capacity, mm-hmm. which um, I knew couldn't be easy, but I found out later very much could not be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, she was nice enough to put us up for the evening. Mm-hmm. So after Bex, we headed up to her place. Um, I love her place because it's out in the country. There's like no one around and the stars are just stunning to look up to and just very relaxing and isolated in the sense of like when you're on a vacation kind of trip, really nice to just get away and be away. Um, there were horses. There was. There's there's two. Um, and, and her dogs and her cat. I love her cat. Um, so we, we, we stayed there. Uh, that night I had actually mentioned to you how it would be really cool to have Emily on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Because she goes to circuit events. She, she DJs at a line dance bar venue and she was just on the stagecoach team. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really cool to see what her interpretations of all of these different sides um, to the line dance world, what like they look like to her. And if you've ever seen a video online of a dancing. line dancing uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, then you have seen an event that Emily attended. Yes. Um, we wanted to know more about the uh, dancing Rex and her role with... Uh, that particular entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had planned to interview her the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were able to sit down and do that on Friday, which was really nice. Uh, Friday was a day that we were really enjoying just kind of kicking back at her place and relaxing and talking and catching up. Um, she made really good eggs, really good eggs, and uh, amazing coffee. So I was really happy about that. Um, and then we did the interview and that was the day we were going to surprise everybody that night 
at Oil Can Harry's mm -hmm. because we found out that they were having like a little mini get together with all the stagecoach people, which included most of our friends that we had come down to try and see. So we knew that that is where we were for sure going to go. Mm -hmm. And Emily was nice enough to find out when Alex was going to arrive so that we can attempt to be there before him. That didn't actually work out, but um, we still were able to spend quite a length of time with him, so that was nice. Uh, we drove the time to um, Oil Can Harry's. Did we record anything on the way down there? Or is that a different time? I, don't... I think we might have just talked about it. Yeah, I don't... I don't know whether we had any bonus episodes, especially after the experience we had recording in the car on Thursday. Um, I think the extra episodes that we recorded would have been afterwards in a more stable environment. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know we had we we'd spoken about potentially recording. I just don't mm. remember. Um, so from there, we ended up going to Oil Can Harry's. Well. I knew there was one goal for the night past just surprising and seeing everybody. And that was to learn a line dance in which I have been putting off for probably about three years now. Briefly began to learn it last, what, September? Down in L.A. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to know this dance for several reasons. One, I love the look of the dance. You look like you have a blast doing it. Uh, so I knew I wanted to be a part of that. But Alex had also taken the time to learn this dance. And I know Jono was working on it as well. And Kevin knew it. And I was like, I have to be a part of this dance at Oil Can Harry's. So I asked you if you would go over Broken Heart with me. It's uh, choreographed by Virginie Barchot. Uh, she is a French choreographer. And you can definitely look up the dance online, like see how many counts it is, see its uh, tempo, there are videos of it. But I guess just to give you a general idea, if you've ever seen The Beast, it's like that if it had more counts and were phrased. Um, it's, it's done in the, I guess you could say, Catalan style, as I've seen it described. Uh, pretty stationary, a uh, lot of stomps and scuffs and scoots and rock steps, uh, step turn, step turn, a lot of moving in place, and uh, you, you work up a sweat during this one. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, so we got there, and after saying our hellos to everybody and mm -hmm. taking a few minutes to catch up with people... Um, you were kind enough to start breaking it down for me. Um, and I know that we were we were both almost like rushed for some reason to get this done as quickly as possible and to the point where I was getting flustered and my brain wasn't working and it was getting overloaded because way too much information was going into way, too, way, way, way too quickly. And so I looked at you and I was like, okay, hold on, hold on. I need to breathe. I'm feeling way too rushed. And, like, the anxiety is starting to build up. And you're like, well, that's good, because I feel really rushed, too. So <laughs> I was really glad I spoke up. Um, we slowed it down a little bit. We went over the first part of the teach a couple more times and, like, kind of eased back into it. Um, 
and I was able to pick up the dance for the majority of the part, um, I would say relatively quickly, which was shocking to me uh, because I'd been putting this dance off for so long thinking it was going to be really, really difficult. Um, It is very difficult to learn, but because I've spent since September learning so many different styles of dance and so many different levels of dance... Levels, levels, levels. (laughs) Cute plug. Um, It made more sense to me. I had more of a vocabulary to pull from and a reference point to pull from when, you know, we're doing a grapevine versus the scoot versus the swivels versus the hit, you know, the hitch versus the, the heels versus all of it. Um, I'd seen them in other dances. Mm -hmm. So I was able to pull from that knowledge in learning this dance. Um, Still very nervous to learn this dance, still very unsure to perform it. but, on stage, because there's an elevated stage. It's not just like being in the front row and it's a floor split. Like, there's a legit stage that's about waist high. And every, there's no hiding on that stage. No, and since the the dance or the song itself is a two-step rhythm, mm-hmm. they're able to do that while we're dancing the line dance on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew I wanted to be a part of that. That came a whole lot faster in the evening than I thought it was going to. I thought it was going to be much later because the way they have it set up is they do quite a bit of partner dancing, a couple of the easier line dances, quite a bit of partner dancing, a little bit more challenging line dances, quite a bit of partner dancing. Mm -hmm. And then as they progress the evening, the dances become a little bit more intricate. They become a little bit more... Um, stuff that you would see at a circuit events as opposed to your traditional bar scene mm-hmm. that we're used to. Uh, so that was nice. I mean, but to have that up there going on pretty early in the evening was okay. I had to remind myself later on because I was going to almost ask you to go over it again. I'm like, wait a minute, we already did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we already performed this dance, so it's cool. Um, there was several different dances, which was nice, that overlapped from our knowledge of circuit, from our knowledge of just what we do up north versus what they do in L.A., because there's, there is definitely a different scene. Um, so there are several dances in which I don't know the, the steps to yet that they do pretty freaking, frequently in LA whereas we don't even do them at all up here um, but there was also some that I was kind of shocked to see hmm. like in a hick town yeah I we've was known no- that one for years yeah that was one of the first ones I learned up here and so to see it down there I was very confused mm-hmm. um, relieved because it was what I knew mm-hmm. but and it's one we don't even see up there um with with you know Mavericks having closed, like you'd think it would be entry level enough, like low uh, low improver, you know, big, high beginner or something like that. That you know maybe we would see it at the Davis Graduate or Stoney's Rock and Rodeo. But without Kodiak, without Kodiak Jackson, without Mavericks, like we don't really have opportunities to do it up in our own home area anymore. So it's nice to know it still lives on somewhere. Yeah, um, I remember being shocked that oil can does the phrasing the way we do for fake ID. Yep. 
uh, that was kind of fun and, and neat because mm-hmm. um, I'm so used to going to places and, and having to watch for a wall or two to figure out, okay, how did they break this one down? Am I going to be dancing with them or am I going to be off to the side? Is there even enough room for me to be off to the side? Mm-hmm. Uh, so like just finding out that they do the same sequencing as us so it was nice because we were able to just jump in. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something that was a little awkward. The way that they face the side wall um, to start because of the length of the dance floor. It's a rectangular floor, a uh, rectangular stage. I'm somewhat used to when it comes to uh, dancing at the Davis Graduate, mm. but we were mostly dancing on stage. So mm. to start on stage, which is normally looking out to the bulk of the venue, mm-hmm. to the side, it was very disorienting on a lot of different dances because I was like okay yeah I'm supposed to be facing the front wall that's the big wall and wait a minute (laughs) to help people visualize this who are at home uh, imagine a book like you have a book that you are standing up so that it's like having a conversation with you and you can see the front of the 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 cover um, the well the cover and uh, and on top of that book you have a remote control. And the remote control is pointed toward the spine of the book and the uh, remote control is on its side so you can see all the buttons. So imagine that you're looking at a book and you're looking at a remote control on top of it with all the buttons facing you. The, if you're looking at like a bird's eye view of the stage, or uh, the, the dance floor and the stage, the dancers would be looking toward the spine of the book. They're all looking uh, on that long side wall, which for them would make sense because you know, if everyone's looking at the stage, then you know, some people would be blocking other people. This maximizes the amount of people widthwise who can see off to that side. However, if you are one of the people on the stage or on that remote control, um, and you're also looking in that direction, now you are looking at like the power button at the top of the remote control, uh, like one of the top front corners, and that feels a little awkward. Like I'm used to, like in a large ballroom, if you're facing the stage, the width of the floor is uh, is like what they were doing facing the side. When you're on stage, you don't have that width anymore. You only have like a enough width for yourself and maybe one other person. The natural inclination would be to face... The audience, Yeah, or like se. if you're looking at the book and remote control, then you'd be like looking at the sky where the width uh, to your left and right would be facing like um, uh, east and west and you would be facing kind of north. But then you'd be facing in a different direction as everyone on the ground. Um, so, yeah... It, it was it was different and um, took some adjusting. You you uh, you mentioned how it was easier for you to just jump in on dances. Yes, um, I we were talking about it uh, prior to obviously right now and how disorienting it was for me, mm. and that it was I found it easier to jump in a couple walls into the dance because I didn't start on the front wall. Mm -hmm. So I was just jumping in on a wall of the dance. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if it was, you know, the front or the back or whatever Mm because I I could just jump in in the sequence. Mm -hmm. Um, 
as opposed to starting out facing the disorienting side and having to like consciously think about, okay, well, where's my next wall going to be? Mm-hmm. I just kind of went with the flow when I was a couple walls late. Yeah. Like at the Davis graduate, if you are facing your front wall and it's like oil can areas where um, you have the widest part of that rectangle to your left and to your right as you're starting the dance or if it's a two wall dance then it's going to be the front of the back if you get distracted and you come back to it you're like oh okay well we're, we're about to restart so I'll just face one of the wide walls because that's where it's going to restart if you do that while you're on stage then you're going to be a quarter turn off of everyone else mm-hmm. so yeah some of the time of doing these, these dances I was just translating in my head where should I end up on the next wall yes which some of those I got lost because of the fact that I'm, I was so focused on the okay, here's the restart. Oh, wait, which wall am I supposed to be on when I restart? Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be on the what? No, I'm supposed to be on the nine, three, wait, what? What wall am I supposed to be facing now? Mm -hmm. And so there was a couple times in which I would either be a quarter turn off or I would be completely facing them, the other people on the stage as they're facing me. And so clearly I'm facing the wrong direction. Um, so that was something that was interesting and fun and not fun at the same time to adjust to. Oh, and we absolutely cheated for uh, one dance that the two of us know, uh, where normally, if everyone else were doing it on the main floor and up on stage, we would be following the people on the main floor in facing off to the side as our first wall. But because nobody else knew this dance, which ha- has been just recently released, so you know we wouldn't expect people to have you know, taught it all at, a, at every bar down there by now, uh, we just figured we would demo it facing the wide wall up on stage uh, and, and not have to worry about anyone on the floor following along. Because I think they were doing a partner dance or something while we were up there. What, what dance was that? Um, I... I, I... If I'm recalling correctly, I think the artist was um, Thomas Red. Yes, featuring Marin Morris. Yeah, so the song would be Craving You. <laughs> they just released a, a music video for that, in fact. Good song. Very danceable. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, we, were kind, uh, we were lucky enough to have the kindness of Rick Dominguez, mm-hmm. our DJ for Oil Can Harry's, um, play craving you so that we could dance can't walk away that was very sweet of him Mm -hmm. um and it was even sweeter when he said that they will probably be teaching it next month um when i when i heard that i had to remember to breathe as i was walking off the stage um it was funny because jono tried to pick up the dance while we were on stage and i was trying to lead him through the quarter turn of the tag and he missed me saying the turn part Mm -hmm. so when he restarted it he was facing the side wall and he was so happy that he got the tag except he didn't (laughs) and so that threw me off and then all of a sudden I was off and I was focused on trying to get him back on and then I was on the wrong step um, so it was funny to for me to experience um, the choreographer not knowing her own dance um and then at one point, because of how Jono was moving and I was in the middle and then you were on the other side, um, y- you almost ran me over. 
because Jono didn't back up fast enough <laughs> for me to back up. Um, fortunately, though, you you didn't run me over. So, yeah, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was an experience for sure. Um, I was laughing at that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched the video afterward, and I am happy I had so much opportunity to play. Um, I know that you have been in several... Uh, opportunities to to do that dance um, you've been leading people as you go whereas I don't have to do that I just kind of do what I want so um, you know the vanilla version you see in the the demo video that we did uh, that is absolutely how we would recommend you doing that dance for the first time afterwards make it your own yes do what you feel play yeah just don't hurt anybody while you do it yeah yourself included yes um Actually, I thought I think that it's pretty fair that I walk people through the dance since you teach people the dance. So it's it's a fair trade off. Um, but yeah, that was fun. Um, I really, really enjoyed being able to uh, East Coast swing with Jono for a small portion of one of the songs. That video is on YouTube for anyone who look, wants to look that up. It's uh, it says East Coast swing dancing at Oil Can Harry's. And then whatever the date was, uh, 2017. Yeah, um, that was fun because I, I never get to East Coast Swing anymore. So that was that was a nice treat for me. Um, so thank you, Jono. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. We also had uh, toward the end of the night, like the very end of the night, the last song of the night, uh, we had an opportunity to do one of my current favorite dances um, that you can see at circuit events, and that's Shane McKeever's Stomp Your Feet. And there were more folks who knew that and also earlier in the evening do something crazy and take me to the river. Like there were more people who knew these dances than you would expect at just a country bar in Southern California. Uh, that That is one of the really added bonuses of having somebody like Rick Dominguez as DJ is his knowledge of line dance spans beyond... Uh, what would be considered normal in that area. And he does have that curiosity... Um, about new dances coming out. So while he does teach classics, and maybe he'll play you know one or two over the course of the night, uh, because it's fun to do those as well. He is definitely up to date on you know what what gets people excited to dance. Yeah, um, I know we did a couple that I was kind of shocked, but really really excited to do, such mm-hmm. as Whip It. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was very excited to do Whip It. Um, it is that is certainly one of my favorite at events. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh, that's also Shane McKeever with Rachel McEnany. Yes, Mc, uh, Rachel McEnany White. <laughs> um, got How I Want You, which is another Rachel dance with Joey. Yeah, um, but the the whip it was fun because we were all on stage. There was a bunch of us, so I wasn't used to having such a limited space mm. for that dance. Normally, mm. I'm used to having a little bit more room because mm. I'm used to doing it at circuit events in which the floor is much larger because it's meant to hold more people. Mm. Um, and here we are, like eight of us on this teeny tiny stage. Um, so that was fun. I was dancing next to you and Jono. So that was fun to play a little bit. Uh, there was one point in which he told me during the tag, try doing this. Mm. Um, that was fun. It was new. Uh, I enjoyed that. I also know that at one point, like, I turned around and was facing him, and I walked backwards since he had to walk forward or whatever. 
And so we were, we were playing with the music that way too. So that was fun. Um, there was a couple that I knew I would rather do on the floor. So I mm-hmm. rushed down to the floor to do those. Like as main attraction. Like main attraction. Um, that everybody... It, it, was, it was interesting to me because main attraction was what I learned at WWLA mm-hmm. in September, which was my first trip down to LA line dancing. Mm-hmm. And so many of the people that I got to dance with at Oil Can Harry's were there for that lesson. So mm-hmm. it was more important for me to be on the floor with them experiencing that um, than anywhere else in the room. Mm-hmm. And it was fun to think about the fact that, you know, it's been so many months on my line dance journey and these people were at the start of it when it came to circuit. Yeah, like when we saw Make It Shake at WWLA, that was our very first time seeing that um, anywhere. Like that that was, uh, even after having had the experience that I did in Vegas in 2015, um, that was my first exposure to New Flow and Pump It and Follow Me, Skiffle Time, and of course Make It Shake. So... Um, the time that has passed from just September to now, like... It's been insane. Yeah. Like, like with the thing you were saying about Broken Heart, you know, how that, that was one that you tried to learn then in September. Like, you are so different as a dancer now. Uh, and it's only been a few months. Like, there have been people who have been doing this for decades, and I can only wonder how they have grown and changed and seen the scene change uh, in all their time. Because yeah. it's been September to October, November, December, January, February, March, April, and was this? This was still. This was in May, so there's another month there. Not even a full year. Eight months. Yeah. Um, yeah. And since then, you know, we've gone to Vegas and Palm Springs, Big Bang, Boogie. Portland, Boogie. Yeah, and been learning new dances along the way. And it, sometimes it seems like you're going to run out like, okay, we've almost hit the end of our list. And then somebody will come over like, say, Niels, and like, oh, oh, there's his entire catalog <laughs> of <Yeah>. everything. <laughs> yeah. And then Joe, we'll, we'll never get to the end of Joe's dances, I think. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Watch me. <laughs> well, well, we'll never get to the end of her dances in balance with everyone else's. <laughs> we might just decide to do like 80% of, you know, her learns versus like a couple that we'll throw in from somebody else's over the course of a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, Oil Can Harry's, amazing night. Um, I remember the first time I went to Oil Can Harry's, it was still a lot of fun seeing everybody. It was great dancing. I loved just how they integrated so many different dances and styles and levels that that really did feel like there was a little bit for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then add in this trip that now I had Alex and Natalie and Elliot and Jackie and you this time. Because I, I didn't have you last time I went to Oil Can Harry's. True. The last couple times I was there, you weren't there. Exactly. So it just it made for such an amazing night to have so many people that you know I love and care about in one space dancing the night away sweating disgustingly bad 
Um, but so worth it and so amazing. Um, it was, it was exactly what I needed when it came to this trip. Mm. It was, it was the night that I wanted. Um, it helped being around so many people that I care about with everything that was going on in my life. I, I was able to really focus on all the positive and the good. And then we were able to go to after meal with everybody. I don't want to say dinner because it was like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and we didn't eat. And we didn't eat. So it wasn't exactly breakfast either. Mm. I actually, in fact, passed out. Um, I got a chance to talk with Alex some more. Yeah. I was in and out of consciousness. So like, I heard most of your guys' conversation, mm-hmm. but I just couldn't bring myself to contribute. Mm. I would much rather just lay there and breathe. Um I had experienced a little bit of uh, dizziness earlier in the evening, and I got a couple, like, pains in my chest, so I was really focusing on just recuperating at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I drank a cider, one single apple cider, and I I usually, I generally speaking, don't drink and dance, Uh, and then... Afterwards, like if I feel like extra tired because I did, then I'll think, oh gosh, like I don't know why I do that. Like even even for the one drink, because like it doesn't really add to my experience. Uh, it doesn't challenge me more in a fun way. And then you know the next time when everybody is having uh, whatever, then it's still nice just to have. Well, I got my little drink to you know participate. <laughs> and um, I knew that I wasn't. I was like sipping on it most of the time until it got toward the end of the night. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I better finish this thing. And I had half of it right then. And I'm really glad it didn't affect do something crazy or stomp your feet more than it did. Oh, do something crazy was was bad for me. It's been a minute since I've uh, done that dance, so remembering it was tricky. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, it didn't help that I was dancing next to Jono. Hmm. Um, so there was a lot of play happening. I know that there was one point in which um, we literally just stood there and whipped the tile, towels back and forth at each other. Um, and Emily, in her amazing playness as well, joined in on the fun by uh, just skipping straight between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that made it very enjoyable because it was unexpected. So that was nice. Um, I chose to, um, for the, at least the first couple uh, part Bs with the towel, I did not partake because at Big Bang Dance Classic in North Carolina this year, uh, horseplay led to me hurting myself on the dance floor. So I am much more careful now <laughs> and grounded um, when moving that fast in slippery dance shoes. Yes. I, yeah. Yes. Wise decision. Better safe than sorry for myself. Yes. Again, which is why I just kind of stood there and Mm -hmm. whipped the towel back and forth. I wasn't actually dancing the dance while Um, horse playing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because I, too, took note of of said injury Mm -hmm. and went, hmm, I don't want to hurt myself because I would. Um, Yeah, we were able to catch up with Alex and Natalie and a little bit of Jono and Rick after the fact. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, then, then we headed to Jono's that night. He put us up for the next, for that night too. Mm -hmm. Um, that was a night where we pretty much all just 
crashed pretty hard. Uh, woke up the next day. He had to go to work, which uh, he works for Tesla. Mm-hmm. If anyone um, uh, has not heard of Tesla... Uh, you should. They, they make electric vehicles with a very high performance electric vehicles and I believe they have like the fastest acceleration in the world where it's like zero to sixty in two and a half seconds, something like that. And it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um he, well when we were getting ready to leave for the day, uh we were kind of undecided on what our plans for the day was. We were kind of leaning towards the idea of heading back home on Saturday instead of Sunday to give us the extra day to kind of like recuperate and readjust before we have a long work week. Mm-hmm. And we were also debating on potentially going out and dancing that night or possibly going to San Diego with um, Natalie and with Alex, but we weren't sure what we wanted to do yet. And I knew my first stop was coffee. Mm-hmm. That was my goal, coffee. Um, and Jono said, well, if you give me some time, how would you feel about a test drive? Would you be willing to stay in, at least stay in town for the next 20 minutes for me to get into work and figure out if we have a slot? And so we said, sure, why not? Um, you were sweet enough to, to, to basically uh, suggest us going to downtown Disney um, so we can get coffee there, which Disney for me is um, another addiction. Coffee, Disney, and line dance. That's pretty much my addictions in life. Um, so I was in absolute heaven going mm-hmm. to downtown Disney. So I really appreciated that. If there's anybody who hasn't had the experience of being at a Disney-themed um, location, and like they've seen the movies but they've never been surrounded by it and like walked the streets and, and um, seen all like the happiness everywhere, imagine doing Amy Glass's clap, 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 and then just kind of picture if the streets and buildings around you were as happy as that dance and that song. <laughs> um, and I turn into like a five-year-old that is in a candy store for sure <laughs> when I step anywhere near Disney. Um, so we went to Starbucks. I walked around um, the World of Disney store and got to just kind of see what new stuff has come out since I'd been there last, which was last September. Um, And just, you know, got to indulge in in my little childhood uh, fantasy side of it. Um, After that, we had gotten a call from Jono basically saying that he had an appointment at a certain time, so we ended up leaving it, you know, to make it to that appointment. Uh, got to Tesla, and first they showed us one of the SUVs. Which is weird to think of that as even being an SUV, because it looks like just a bigger Tesla, and Teslas look like sports cars. Um, it was really neat, all the fun uh, attributes that this car had, such as the backing up by itself. Into a spot. Into yeah. a spot, uh, the pulling forward so that they're pulling out so that you can get into the car. Um, they offered to have us drive it, like test drive it. But no, 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 not not when the car costs more than I could ever possibly consider. Mm. Um, 
Like, oh, God, what else was there? There was... They had a windshield that curved up so high it went over your head and became a moonroof. Yes. And then the doors opened to the sides like a DeLorean. When they close, you also look up and it's like a moonroof. Yeah, that's the back seat. Yeah. Um, you press a button and all the doors can open. Uh, the back opens. I mean, yeah, they've definitely created a very desirable vehicle. Yep. Um, it rides very well, very comfortable, very luxuri- luxurious. Um, so one of the ladies took us out on just a ride along, uh, was explaining some of the features such as, um, I can't think of what they called it. It's not, um, cruise control. It was the next one. Oh, like automatic pilot or assisted driving? Assisted driving, yeah. Where you, it's as long as like the three factors were um, actually engaged, all you have to do is have your hands on the steering wheel and the car drives pretty much for you to the curvature of the road and everything. Um, It watches, you know, like other cars and stuff like that. It kind of gives you notification if there's. Um, a car in the next lane. Um, from what I gathered, it actually merged itself. Mm. Um, when Jono had taken us out in the other model, mm. but um, yeah, it was a really cool feature. It was really um, something to aspire to. Mm-hmm. If ever I have money that I'm not spending on line dance, right? Um, well, then we hung around a little bit. And that is when Jono took us out and had some fun. <laughs> um, and he's a car guy. He is very much a car guy. Like he has encyclopedia uh, of cars type books uh, at home. Like I remember seeing there was like a picture book that was like the encyclopedia of American vehicles or something like that. And this is the perfect place for somebody like him to go into work every day because they have some of the coolest cars and he just gets to play with them and like see what their limits are yeah um that was fun having the zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds it felt like you were taking off in an airplane yeah it was the coolest experience um. Yeah, I I don't even know where to start on that. It, and the braking was safe too. Like I remember when we were slowing down uh, to a red light, and it just kind of gradually took itself down. I thought that was that was pretty sophisticated and so quiet too. Like yeah. usually when you think of fast acceleration, you think angry car, but um, yeah, it because it's electric, it was so smooth. And the suspension as well. I felt like we weren't like bumping and bouncing around either. Uh, if if somebody just like dropped a dump truck full of money on my head, like I would hope that a couple of the stacks would be reserved for upgrading from the car I currently drive. Um, yeah. My 1992 Buick LeSabre <laughs> um, that needs a new catalytic converter and windshield and paint job and everything pretty much yeah but well it doesn't need a new alternator though that's true we changed that ourselves 
Um, yeah, I, I currently am in a very happy place of prioritizing dance-related expenses over cosmetic things like, you know, having the sexy new car on the block, but I also wouldn't mind having the sexy new car on the block in case anyone has an extra Tesla lying around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. So mm. at that point, it was like 5 o'clock at night. Uh, we had decided that the idea of driving out to San Diego and then back and then starting an eight-hour trek home just was not in our best interest. Um, we decided that we weren't going to go to San Diego with Alex and Natalie, which was a hard decision, but we knew for the trip home we were going to need some some gas to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With that said, like we had talked, we had spoke to Jono, and we had gone to Starbucks and hung out or whatever, and we decided to go back and potentially talk with Jono and hang out with him for about forty-five minutes and uh, throw around some dance potential ideas, and then from there we decided we were going to head home, or at least begin our journey mm-hmm. home. Um, and on the way north, we were trying to decide did we really want one more night of dancing or not? And if so, where did we want to go? Mm-hmm. So we looked at a couple different venues, a couple different options. How far out of the way was this versus that versus a cover charge? Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, we decided that probably the smartest would be to stop at the Bull Shed, which is located in Bakersfield. Because mm-hmm. then we're at least headed in the direction of home, we're out of L.A. at that point. Um, and so that was our decided destination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a modestly sized dance floor. Uh, what would the dimensions that be? Maybe like 15 or 20. Yeah, like 15 feet on the short side. And then, oh, maybe, let's see, if you stacked a few people head-to-head or head-to-toe, one, two, three, four, five, six times five, maybe like 30 or 40 feet on the long side. Uh, Tile floor, danceable, smooth enough at least, that I could dance on my suede um, ballroom-type shoes. My my rubber street shoes were kind of sticking, but uh, for what it was, it was nice. It was very loud. Yes. Uh, I brought earplugs. Even and... I used earplugs, which is not normally the case. Yeah, I highly recommend, like, for people's dance enjoyment, bring them everywhere because you never know where you're going to need them. Um, the the DJ was very open to requests. I think that some of the dances that uh, we requested, and we did try to keep a country too. Like, if if we didn't think they would have it at a country bar, we just didn't even put it on there. Um, but some of those dances weren't on her computer uh we did get to do broken heart we did i was very i was very glad for that because i need as much repetition as i can right now with it being so fresh of a learn Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, we also got to do asking questions by larry bass for people who know him from the circuit yes what was that dance to again oh me too by megan trainer yeah that was a little bit different yeah so like they don't know let's say you know if i was you which is um one of the dances that they do on circuit with that song, they instead did asking questions. Yeah. Didn't expect that. Um, 
There was another one that was different uh, that I actually was like, oh, I might actually want to learn that dance if I got to do it to that song, um, which was Ghost Train. Mm. Uh, the song that I'm so used to hearing to Ghost Train is just off-putting to me. It's a LCD, oh, what is the name? Oh, Zorba's Dance. Yeah. Um, and it speeds up. It, yeah, it is not appealing to me. There's just something about it that I just go, yeah, I don't ever want to dance to this song. And No Place Locally does Ghost Train to Ghost Train by Australia's Tornadoes, uh, which I think it was originally set to. So really all we hear of it is Zorba's dance. Yeah, and they switched the song on that one too. I don't remember. Friend Zone. Oh, Friend Zone. Mm. Yeah. Um, That was when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, now that I've seen the dance set to something else, the dance actually looks kind of fun. Mm. So that would be fun to do it to that. I just don't like that song. (laughs) So I might be learning that one in the future, just choosing when and where I do it. I, for one, enjoy Zorba's dance because at Stoney's, after the music slows down and they do the boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, sometimes you'll hear the people at the bar go, hoppa, like at a Greek wedding or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so we met a couple different people there. Yes. Uh, Clayton, I, be- I believe, was the name of the uh, partner dancer who was showing me two-step stuff. Yeah, my legs hurt after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also met, I want to say, Arlene and Chad. Yes. And They were very sweet. Yes. Uh, and then on the other side were the two folks who'd been... Uh, oh, they'd been doing some partner dancing and... Uh, one of them, I think, met Chad 10 years prior, and Chad was a super cool guy. We were chatting all night. Um, he had a bucket full of beers, like Bud Lights, and he gave them to, to this other couple um, just from having met them 10 years prior. Very, very cool dude. Yeah. They were, um, him and Arlene were very sweet, very fun, mm-hmm. um, very energetic. Yes. Like, I felt like I was being put to shame with how, like, energetic they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, all their partner dancing, they probably were doing as much as or more dancing um, as us. Yeah. Um, and I'm used to people telling me, like, they like me at their events because I have so much energy. So, to feel like I was being put to shame was it was an interesting feeling. Mm. Um, it was fun to see them know certain dances because with it being in Bakersfield and me never being in Bakersfield I was like okay what what am I in for what kind of dances can I expect um and then like some of them were trying to follow along on certain dances like I think um double XL we had several people trying to learn that one yeah we hadn't done that since probably Kodiak Jacks or Mavericks was still open that was years ago right um so that was an experience. That was fun. That was interesting to see all these people. Um, we proudly wore our uh, Orange County Dance Connection name badges that Luann had given us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a lot of ask uh, questions asked about that and like if we were dancers or if we were um, dancers who compete. Mm. And I was like, no, we don't compete. Um, if only you knew the type of caliber we would be competing against Uh, right (laughs) um but it was interesting because as you had mentioned clayton um 
he remembered you from a year ago, uh, which would have been your stagecoach trip, mm. and you doing fake ID down there. So that was cool that he actually was there and he remembered a year ago that you made such an impression for whatever dance you had done, which happened to be fake ID at the time. Mm. And then this time we got to do Broken Heart. Mm -hmm. So that was that was that was interesting and fun. And it turns out that um, Clayton's actually planning a trip up to Sacramento in in a few weekends from now. Yeah, May twentieth is when he's going to be at Stoney's. Yeah, so. uh, we were going to try and uh, at least meet up to be there mm-hmm. for him or whatever. So that that's interesting that, you know, small world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dance world, uh, as you get out there, really shrinks. And people, when, when they do, like, remember you um, and you remember them, like, you feel that much closer to wherever the venue is, however many hundreds of miles away it is in reality. Like, oh, there's my friends in Bakersfield. Like, they're just down the block. Yeah. yeah. So that was, that was that night. And then from there, we decided that we were going to uh, pretty much continue our trek north and back yeah, home. More or less. Yeah, we took uh, some opportunities to rest here and there, uh, recaffeinate here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm happy that we we broke the trip up that way yes. as opposed to like, especially, um, you know, waking up from one of our arrests, um, and thinking, I'm so glad we're not in San Diego having to start the drive now, but instead we are like four hours closer to home than that. Right. <laughs> That's such um, a relief. Yeah. Knowing that it was Sunday, nine o'clock in the morning and we were only four hours away from home was so much better than it being Sunday, 9 o'clock in the morning, eight hours away from home. Because mm-hmm. then the day is gone by the time you arrive. Like, you maybe have time to unpack and have, like, a can of SpaghettiOs, and that's it. Right. <laughs> Go to sleep and start the week. Um, and with me starting the new job on Monday, and you having an early morning Monday, and it's going to be one of your busier weeks, it was just like, oh, I'm so glad we have so much of this day. And we had looked at doing some different things once we got back home, like possibly going to San Francisco and checking out some museums or like just choreographing something when we got home or just anything, you know, that we could just to kind of finish off the day. But we it allowed us to take our time getting home mm-hmm. and kind of relax and enjoy the ride because mm-hmm. we only had four hours to drive. And then when we got home, we were... I was certainly in need of a nap mm-hmm. on a nice cushy surface in which I could spread out. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Um, and then it was just really nice to just nap pretty much the day away. Mm-hmm. Um, after having so many late nights and so many just, you know, so much driving, a lot of driving. <sighs> Lots and lots of driving. Trying to shift to your left and to your right so that, like, that part of your butt isn't holding all your weight for that many hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was nice just to kind of ease into the week that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that was pretty much the trip. And we still had an opportunity to go to Stoney's. Like, they, they do a great Sunday night. We We decided not to do that Sunday night, but we ended up doing it last night. So... 
we've had a complete week. I think well-rounded. We got to see those far places. Um, I think it's uh, as Lorraine Brown says on Ranch Dance Fife. Like uh, you know, we had our places at home, and then others further afield. I like that expression she uses. Um, yeah, I mean, and last night, last night was certainly worth it. I'm normally not a fan of Wednesday nights. Um, at Sony's because it's the college night, so it's packed with oh, yeah. tons of people, lots of drinking involved. Um, For everyone else. <laughs> yes, lots not of us. Not me. Um, and it's just, it tends to be the floor filler style dances more so than like some of the more intricate or the different dances that um, I enjoy doing on a normal night. Mm-hmm at Stoney's as opposed to their college night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it felt right to go last night. Oh, yeah. It was the right decision to go. And so we ended up going. And I'm so glad we did because we were able to sit and talk with Cat for as long as we did, which was amazing. Cat painter. As exhausted as I am, I certainly missed her. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to get out there unsuccessfully for quite some time now to see her um, or if I do it's in passing because she has to do something really really early in the morning so she's got to leave and get home by the time I get there I get like maybe 10-15 minutes with her so to have so much uninterrupted time with her was really nice mm-hmm. um, and this was also right after line dance club so we were able to get a lot of our dances that we like to do um, that you you wouldn't see on the Stoney's floor. We got to get those out of the way and out of our system, um, not have to feel like we needed that dance at Stoney's before the end of the night or it was all a waste or anything like that. Yeah. Like we, we taught uh, Chase That Dollar by Dustin Betts and on the previous Monday we taught Shady by Amy Glass, Darren Bailey, and Fred Whitehouse. We did both of those. We did Stomp Your Feet. Uh, we we really worked up a, a, a good sweaty storm um, just from Line Dance Club. So, in a way, doing things like Electric Slide and Cupid Shuffle at Stoney's were a nice little break. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, it's a well-rounded week mm-hmm. with a couple days of work thrown in there. Yep. Yeah, work. What is that? It's what we do when we're not like at our real-life thing, which is dancing. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. If anyone needs to take a stretch break out there... Uh, I'm going to put on a bit of music and then we'll be back before the end of our 3 o'clock hour. So enjoy this track that we have from Thomas Red featuring Marin Morris. Their new music video is out for this track uh, and it is called Craving You. If you would like to look up a dance for it, perhaps you would be interested in Can't Walk Away by a couple of California choreographers. All right, I'm going to switch over to Winamp. Uh, Enjoy. (laughs) 